0: hey guys and welcome back to it's your life and this is mine the podcast with your host charlotte emily price so today we have a guest on we've got rachel hey and we're going to be talking about women in stem or just women underrepresentation of yeah. women in corporate jobs and how that affects us people around us and just sort of raise a bit more awareness towards it because I didn't realise how bad it was, I always knew it was there um, and I will talk a little bit about this later on but I wrote my dissertation about gender discrimination within the forensic science industry and I found out so much more and how bad it really really was when I got, went into that so yeah I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are?
1: Yeah so, um, so I'm Rachel, I I'm 26 Um, I went to Lancaster University did a degree in economics um, and as part of that I did a placement year for a global tech company Mm -hmm. and then following graduation after my fourth year I have joined um, a utility industry uh, utility company even based in the Midlands yeah so that's me I feel like I, I guess I sort of want to preface early on I personally have not I've not experienced, you know, really significant discrimination. I'm not, I don't want to imply that I have, but I think coming from an industry, um, especially it being like an operational business Mm -hmm. and more traditional, then over and above that, I now work in the tech department of that company, which is a male-dominated department. Within a male-dominated company, I feel like I've witnessed a lot and I have a lot of thoughts around I guess just gender in the
0: workplace. Yeah, for sure. I also think that when you say gender discrimination or underrepresentation, you think something crazy has happened, but sometimes it is just like passive yeah. things that you witness or see or discover about a company. And yeah. it's not anything like actively aggressive in person or that you like see with your own yeah. eyes. Like one of my sections that I did in my dissertation was about even advertising for the job, like the words that they would use and oh. gendered language. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it even starts from
1: fucking getting the job yeah, in the first right, place yeah. like before
0: you even actually get accepted or anything. So yeah, it's just really interesting.
1: I agree. So the company I work at, I must admit, um, is pretty good yeah. on diversity and inclusion. Um, obviously, they've still got you know, a way to go, like probably every company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recently saw one of their job adverts. And in the competencies for the role, it said, you'll be part of a two-man team. And it's like, that's, that will have been a mistake, mm-hmm. but also that mistake might off, you know, put females off applying, even if it's subconscious. Mm-hmm. And then over and above that, I feel like talking about job applications, when companies advertise a job as competitive salary. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate that. I really, really think that's wrong for loads of reasons, not just gender, you know, just also people knowing whether they could afford to work in that role, I Mm -hmm. think is important. But the topic of like competitive salaries and job descriptions and all of that, I think is just something that in 2022 we should be doing better on. That's an easy fix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was going to also say that if anyone's unsure
0: as to what I mean about gendered language, if things like strong independent driven they're all male gendered words yes. and there's actually a website that i used like a academic website that i used to see which words connoted like male um traits or qualities as such and then the female one so any supportive roles or deputy were all like female like kind caring and all this and all of the managerial roles were all male gendered words and it was just very interesting to see that even just at that point of job description and application is when it the bias starts
1: yeah that's (laughs) so interesting i've never Mm. i've never even thought about that
0: you know when you messaged me
1: yeah
0: and you said you did a talk on this yeah would you be able to um, maybe share some of that
1: yes so a couple of months ago um a colleague of mine's Brother working at a company in London was hosting a, I guess like um, a diversity and inclusion event after work for their colleagues and this particular event it was a panel talk basically on women in leadership mm-hmm. um, and they reached out to a few of us and I think there were four of us on the panel in the end all different industries all completely different experience you know there was a HR director and then there's like me <laughs> um, so but it was really interesting to sort of see that whilst we've all had different experiences it all focused around sort of maybe the same problem areas mm-hmm. and i think whilst as a society we are definitely moving forward and mm-hmm. um, just hearing the experiences of those other incredible women that i was sat next to just really hit home that actually this is not just something i've observed it's not something my friends experience alone you know probably everyone is. I think that's probably one of the worst areas for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, an example, I know most utility companies will still have some sites, some of their smaller sites, that don't have female toilets. That is wild. Don't have female (laughs) toilets. Um, And I know there's one site particularly in our company that has a female toilet, but it's a converted cubicle in the men's toilet. So to get to that toilet you have to walk past the men's urinals. That's not a female man's toilet. toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a female toilet. That's a man's toilet with a female sticker on the cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, my company know that's not good enough and are putting in mm-hmm. you know, putting steps in place to make that better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's still problematic and it means that women don't want to be placed at that particular site but what if that's where the management role is Mm -hmm. or you know the leadership position that might further their career yeah that is
0: again it's interesting to hear your experience and like what you've observed and seen from your life with gender bias and how so many people will experience it in different ways like that must have been so interesting listening to all of those different people talk about um their experiences and like even for me i was just thinking like what sexual harassment can play a role in the gender bias or feed into that i guess um and that's from experience myself and also witnessing it like Mm -hmm. i worked in a pub for a, a short amount of time and the amount of sexual harassment from customers yeah um and then actually working in a workplace where other staff are being sexually harassing and even at the time like looking back I can see myself and it might have even looked like I was not condoning it but you know when you're like laughing because I'm like what the fuck do I do in this situation yeah and I laugh a lot when I'm like really uncomfortable or awkward so yeah it's interesting to even look back at me now and think why why the fuck did I stand for that but at the time I didn't really know what was going on and like even just doing that research at uni has made me realize like how bad it actually was at the time and like really reflected on that
1: yeah and I think certainly for me and you might agree having done your dissertation on it learning about it more and which sounds silly as a woman like learning about but you do um, has made me i guess more confident calling out behaviors or more confident talking on the topic and things like that and i guess that's another reason i thought this was you know why i reached out to you because i think the more we talk about it the more you know other women will feel empowered Mm -hmm. to you know maybe question particular things or even just educate yeah which is what's going to ultimately drive progression and drive us all forward in Mm -hmm. equality yeah I think that's
0: where it gets hard it's like what can you actually do in this situation like because women will feel uncomfortable going up to someone in a higher role and saying why is this, this a certain way or it makes me feel uncomfortable because we're um told that we're too needy or you know things like that bossy and all of these horrible words that are used to describe women that the men also possess those same qualities but don't get called up on it so yeah and then well actually no don't get called up on it they're praised for it so for being bossy it's like oh he's a great leader
1: (laughs) for sure um when i worked at the tech company i made um, some of my best friends that i have now Mm. and we all talk about this topic a lot um, and because we all work in sort of the tech side of things, which is generally male dominated, I know there's you know loads of women that work in tech, but mm-hmm. it's more male dominated. Um, and we sort of share stories or like articles that we think are interesting. And she sent me something, it was just this morning actually. And I think it's 75% of women in their performance review, get some form of, not necessarily criticism, but comment around the way they carried themselves. So whether it's, um, oh, you're a little bit too assertive or you're a little bit too, I don't know, bossy Mm -hmm. or just tone down your language a bit. 75% of performance reviews, and I've never experienced that, I will say, and I can be bossy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't get me wrong. But that's a really disappointing statistic because Mm -hmm. I can tell you now, you know, I don't know what the percentage is for men, but it won't be 75%. Mm -hmm. And they're probably, probably more assertive Mm -hmm. and and more confident and what Mm -hmm. have you. And I just think things like that are still, yes, we've gone a really long way, but there is still so much further to go. And in that same article, actually, quoted a stat that two thirds of men would argue now that we have reached equality in the workplace for gender. Mm. And... I you know I think we've done a lot but it's not equality yet and there is an exhaustive list of stats and information around how we haven't achieved that and so what's disappointing in that is that two-thirds of males think we have yeah I also think there is
0: um some women are even to be not blamed I guess but even myself like sometimes I will jump to conclusions you know even if you're like watching something light-hearted like a reality show and you're like oh god she's a bit too much yeah or something. and i'm like oh that's so bad like why am i not saying about yeah. the, all the other lads that are screaming for I the know. rest of the show like why have i been conditioned to thinking she's too much when actually she is great and like has yeah. a, an amazing personality and she's bubbly and like lively yeah. and it's nothing to be put down about but i think we're just also conditioned to feel and express those emotions in the same way that the world is like taught us to
1: yeah and I think in some you know I the language that we use mm. in our generation I would struggle with words for you know maybe a male that has a lot of sex for example with a lot of different girls I, I don't really have the name for that apart from a player but for a girl there are a long list of like really negative <laughs> yeah. words for that and you know That's I'm sure mess. I've used that well I will have used those words yeah. before I will have done in you know not a nice way yeah, about there someone there is so many like when you see shows, like, slag, scare, <laughs> exactly. war, yeah. slut, you loads can just, you can just sh- reel them out but yeah. it's like what do you call
0: it you're like oh he's such a lad because he's yeah, a player and, and player's not a negative word no. do you know. <laughs> it's it's so bad Every time or it's, it's like man whore yeah you have to put man on the beginning not the word. it's so messed up and when i talk about this again it gets me all riled up like i would write my dissertation like so angry like sat there like, and it was really good actually because it fueled me to get through it really quick but i shouldn't need to you know like why why is this still happening and why are we still trying to sort it out and also men are gonna have to help in that situation they which are. is the issue because you've just said two out of the two thirds of men are believing there's equality just because they're seeing maybe a couple more female faces in the exactly. office doesn't mean that there's equality just exactly. because they're in the roles like it yeah. still exists when you're in the workplace yeah as
1: well. exactly i mean i um i'm lucky enough my company um is one of the few FTSE 100 companies to be to have a female ceo mm-hmm. which you know is brilliant and mm-hmm. she is such an incredible role model but i think it's Six percent of FTSE 100 companies have a female CEO now, Mm -hmm. but people in my company say, what do you mean? You know, we've got equality, our manager's female, our CEO's female. Okay, what about everyone else? You know, and I think sometimes it's a bit risky to think that we're suddenly in this position of equality, and we have to pull out so and so successful and so and so successful. Mm-hmm. Yet yeah, you couldn't even start to name the number of you know male CEOs. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I just think we need to be careful. Yes, there are more and more successful women mm-hmm. that are absolutely running the world, and it's amazing. But they shouldn't be an exception to the rule, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and
0: um, similar to what you actually said the other day, there are people in positions like that come from a privileged background as women and that also can um, push them higher in the...
1: Yeah, yeah. What like to their something? socioeconomic background, yeah. if they're able-bodied, mm-hmm. if they are white, white. Yeah. if they Like anything. Um, I saw that if someone's conventionally attractive, they're more likely to get a job out of the back of an interview and things like that. And so it's not just gender, but as a whole, we just need to be much more aware of... Mm-hmm these factors that probably impede some people's progression Mm
0: -hmm. you also mentioned corporate golf days when you um messaged me would you be able to share like your stance on that maybe and like how that's feeding into the gender bias or the gender pay gap
1: yeah so corporate golf days i guess is like my first is my first thought i had around just um equality in the workplace and probably before i started to think about corporate golf days i would have said no i've never Never experienced, you know, um, gender inequality. And then I work at my current company now. I was on a team of um, males, so I'm the only only female. And there was a charity corporate event, um, and the it was hosted by a client in which I partnered with of my team, if that makes sense. But my colleague, my male colleague, who does and can play golf and is also a lot older. So, I mean, it's also an age sport. It's not just, you know, female. Um, So he was invited to go and spend this day networking, paid day of networking, playing golf with the client in which I held the relationship with. And that sort of got my brain thinking. I thought, that just isn't right. And I understood because I don't play golf, I would not have gone because I can't (laughs) play golf. But I started to think... Is it right for corporate companies to be hosting events that they know will pretty much only be attended by able-bodied men? Mm-hmm. I know women play golf, I get that. But generally, it's a male-dominated sport. It's an elite sport. It's very expensive to be a member, to buy golf clubs. And so I just, that was like my little thing in my brain. I always used to talk about it. Corporate golf days, corporate golf days. So. I spoke about it at that panel event, and then after that, I thought, I actually want to put, I guess, um, brain to paper. And I wrote an article on LinkedIn about it, and I did a bit of research around it, and just simple things. I went to um, the American Golf website, Mm -hmm. and I searched on clubs for men and clubs for women, and you could get clubs for men at half the price as you could for women. And I think there were something like nine options for women and 110 for men there aren't even the same barriers to entry for men and women into the sport even if you are you know both wealthy white live in a nice area with access to a golf club even there is still a different barrier yeah Yeah, so I just started writing about it and I spoke about it with some of my colleagues at work and to be honest I didn't get the reaction I expected Mm -hmm. Um, I think people were still a bit like no I I just don't think it's no I don't think it's a problem really I think it's fine but then my colleague who had attended that golf event in the first place I said did you see any females when you went that day and he said oh yeah I saw one and actually she was doing the admin for the day (laughs) so every single player at that networking event for the industry was male. Mm. And then obviously, the more you network, the more you're open to, you know, job opportunities, you might make a link and then oh, we've got a job listing going at our place, let me here's my card, mm-hmm. apply. And that therefore is one of the contributors, I believe, and it's a very small one to the gender pay gap, like, I, there are much bigger issues, but I just thought that's something so simple that a company could change just we don't do corporate golf days, instead we do team building days um, because golf, you know, if you're in a wheelchair you can't play golf, you are cutting out such a high proportion of your Mm -hmm. workforce to be able to attend Yeah, there's clearly a lot of problems with the corporate golf days I mean, I haven't really
0: looked into that before Like, that's why I was so interested for you to talk about it because I'd love to learn more and yeah, everything you're saying it's just so bizarre that they still exist in that way or even changing it enough so that it is more well it is less discriminatory towards yeah. so many different people yeah absolutely crazy and like i also touched on that gender pay gap as well and it's, it's really nuts because you've got all of those men men in managerial roles and up higher they're obviously going to get paid more and you you see those crazy statistics when you look and you're like oh my god like it's actually crazy how much less women are getting paid like it's not even just like a few thousand it's like tens of thousands of pounds i know
1: there was a stat i saw that and it was 90% of females mm-hmm. are paid less than their male counterpart mm-hmm. So like nine and ten and it might be the difference of you know, five hundred pounds mm-hmm. um, And that assumes same experience, you know, I appreciate that there are other factors yeah. in salary But for 90% of females to be paid, paid less than someone else on their team that's doing the same job mm-hmm. and I just think we need to be better at that Mm -hmm. and on the gender pay gap with measuring it my company is very good on the gender pay gap i will Mm -hmm. say and we have very good stats around it but i am on the women in stem group um at work and i asked about the gender pay gap and how it's measured and is it measured sort of at company level with all colleagues or is it measured on a department level that then feeds into the sort of um top level statistic and the answer is, or, you know, our company, the answer is we just do it as a whole, which, okay, that's good that you're measuring that. But then when you have departments that are more male-dominated, like tech or engineering or, you know, science, you're not seeing the true gender pay gap statistic there. And you might have more, you know, departments that have more females in, maybe HR, marketing. um, There'll be all, you know, there'll be loads that are, helping to offset the male dominated departments Mm. and I just think again, that's such an easy fix. Measure them by department and you will make such a difference. Mm. So I'm pursuing that um, in my women's Yeah, that's your current
0: current task. Which is so annoying that you're having to do that. But also I do applaud you because it's what needs to be done. I feel like without women standing up and speaking out, like nothing really is going to start getting put into motion. So yeah, I really appreciate you doing things like that. That's amazing. I know you said that you haven't personally felt like you've experienced it in a certain way like in your workplace but have you got any other experiences that maybe like your friends or other people that you know how how they've experienced the gender bias within the workplace
1: so i think my personal experience um is quite probably low level Mm -hmm. um and we use the words at work which is microaggressions so it's these small really tiny little comments or tiny little things that people will say that, you know, it doesn't ruin my day at all or anything, but that's probably my most significant experience of it. Mm -hmm. Or I've had situations where um, myself and my male colleague have gone to talk to another male colleague and I've asked him a question and he has replied to my colleague who I'm stood with, who's male. And then the whole time they're talking... And I'm just not getting any sort of eye contact back. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, I'm, I asked you the question. He didn't. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm, I've heard people say that happens in relationships and stuff as well. You know, if you go to a restaurant, they'll talk to the male and things yeah. like that. that me. Yeah, it Yeah. It happens to me all the time. Like, I'll be like, oh,
0: can we get the bill? And they bring the bill to Aiden, And I'm like, right. Like, I asked for it. <laughs> I'm going Do you know
1: what I mean? Like, yeah. what the fuck? So that's my experience of it. Um, and other little things. Like, I got a new car last year. And it was bigger than my previous car and I had people at work being like you do know that's gonna go a bit quicker than your old car right and I'm like yeah no thank you I actually know that a bigger engine makes a car go quicker thank you (laughs) you or things like you know it's gonna be harder to park don't you because it's bigger than your current car like what why are we having this conversation would you say that to a man and (laughs) if you would
0: why why <laughs> be like, "May, I do you need help parking your car?" No, no, it, like, just, it wouldn't happen. Yeah.
1: Um, you've just reminded me actually, <laughs> we have a and I event at work, and I went along, and one of the stories there that um, a lovely lady shared was that she had driven out to a site and she got to the car park, and whoever she was meeting was also in the car park, and he offered to park her car for her. And she was like, "No, I'm fine actually. Thank yeah. you. I know.
0: But it's actually so bad, like, this whole women drivers thing, like, men are horrible drivers too, do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm mean being up on the road, it's, it's a man. <laughs> they're the ones who put us in danger. <laughs> <laughs> this is me giving bias back, because I've had it my whole life, so I can just say one <laughs> yeah. horrible comment.
1: Sorry, just briefly, yeah, while we're on that topic, at that event as well, something I wanted to touch on was, you know, diversity and inclusion events like that are incredible, but we have at work it's not mandated because it's like mm-hmm. if you want to go and learn more about our ethnicity group, the Women and STEM group, LGBTQ plus all sorts, then that's the event you go to and you'll hear stories. Mm-hmm. And when I went, there were a hundred people in the room. 90% were female. The remaining 10% were like HR, so obviously generally have um more knowledge around diversity and inclusion because that's sort of their role. And probably five were gay. And I'm looking around the room and I thought, this is such an amazing event. But these are not the people that need to learn and have their eyes open to it. They're Mm -hmm. just not. It's no good me being here, really. I've enjoyed it, but I knew these things happened. But then I go back to my tech department and I have honestly like a really supportive team. But they didn't want to go because... They didn't feel it was a priority for their time. And I do understand that, and I don't criticise them for it, but I think we just need to be more aware that Mm -hmm. generally the people that need to be educated or need to learn more are less likely to volunteer to attend those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? Because I know obviously people prioritise their time, but I do feel like we all, like just everyone in general, should put some time aside maybe like weekly or bi-weekly or something where you learn more about a group that doesn't affect you but Mm -hmm. you should open your eyes to it you know like i probably do a lot of things that i need to work on like ableism and things like that that don't affect me from everyday life but if i maybe messaged tfl and were like why the fuck have you still got stations that don't have any lifts or ramps or anything for people with physical disabilities like I should also be doing the work as well yeah. you know like I could be always be doing yeah. more so like I can't fully criticize men for no. not stepping in like exactly how you said but yeah if everyone did their little bit every now and again then there would be some more progress.
1: Yeah no I'm exactly the same you know I couldn't sit here and saying that I spend mm-hmm. you know my free time learning about other ethnic groups or as you say you know my privilege as an able-bodied person as a white person So it's a lesson for me, it's probably a lesson for everyone, um, just to have a think, you know, are you putting yourself out there enough to learn more, but yeah, it was that event and I just thought, we still have a way to go, we're like, getting there, this is a great step that we have these events Mm -hmm. and we're learning more and people are sharing their stories, but how do we go that one step further Mm -hmm. and my manager actually has now made it mandatory for our team which I loved (laughs) so then they all went because I came back and I fed that back to her I said it was a really great event but you know and I was completely honest I said I think a lot more people will benefit from it and so then she sent out an email to her team heard this event is great I expect everyone on my team to go to this diversity and inclusion event and that's what we need from leadership as well
0: Mm -hmm. yeah to encourage yeah yeah that's amazing. That's so so nice to hear that there was like direct resolution to your yeah. sort of like problem or your issue. Yeah. and she just like oh he she or oh he she she I at least yeah. she went she. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I did that <laughs> for the purpose of this video. <laughs> I at least went she. Like yes, I'm I'm so happy about that. I'm guessing I know your answer to this is: Do you feel like the the gender bias, gender pay gap, like any sort of discrimination to do with men and women in the workplace? Do you feel like it affects women's self esteem? It can put them off jobs. And will have a negative effect on their life in the workplace if it's heightened in some way shape or form
1: yeah so I think it must do mm-hmm. right I will say have I ever conscious I, I'm not sure how much of it is conscious versus subconscious yeah. so you know when we talk about job applications before that's probably an example of subconscious you know there are probably women reading that job advert and don't realize that it's fa- you know those mm-hmm. words. Don't realize that it's yeah. male-dominated like, language. Yeah, where it's
0: like I'm not fe- I'm not really strong or driven or yeah whatever. Or,
1: I'm just not sure about. I can't put my finger on why this job isn't right for me. Yeah, but I just yeah. don't get a vibe. And so I think that must have an effect. But more consciously, for me, I wouldn't say it's affected my self-esteem, mm-hmm. but I think. I've had to consciously build confidence Mm -hmm. around it. So, I mean, I'm pretty early in my career, but, you know, if I go back two years ago when I was fresh out of uni and I was, you know, on the floor at work and there were a load of males, there were some colleagues who I felt, you know, less confident to Mm -hmm. approach. And I knew that if I asked them for help and support on something, they might say yes, but if my colleague my male colleague asked them they would way more likely say yes Mm -hmm. I don't just think that's a gender thing I think that's an age thing as well you know I don't want people to think oh it's not everything's a gender discussion and it isn't but I think that played a part and so now I've had to you know that that did play on my mind it didn't stop me from doing things but I, I did think about it yeah and um you know earlier when I gave the example of when someone was talking to my male colleague and not me I came away and you know thankfully he's a good friend of mine he's incredibly supportive and I just came away and I just said did you notice he would only look at you and not me Mm -hmm. and he hadn't noticed and I said well look out for it next time yeah and then since then he has Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so I think my self-esteem maybe might have been knocked more if I felt I didn't have those connections at work that I could talk about it with that weren't just other young females as well. Mm-hmm. It was important that I could say to an older male that made me feel shit. Yeah, no, and yeah. That's good. he validate like he he hadn't noticed, but he didn't either. Say,
0: I don't think that, you're uh, being ridiculous. Yeah, you're reacting. It was
1: I didn't notice. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll think about it next time. Yeah. And then we went for another conversation. He was like, "Was that one better?" I was like, "Yeah, that was fine." <laughs> but you know, but that's what we need and when you talk about you know men can help help the cause just really little things like that I'm not expecting men to be walking down the streets of an office or down the streets of London like yeah. woo, women yeah. like that's not what we need but we just need to feel like we're supported and yeah. listened to yeah even that just validation and um, is great rather than
0: being told again like those words like over-dramatical yeah, you're yeah. overreacting right now like I don't like basically gaslighting you into thinking that you haven't experienced the things that you felt like yeah it's nice that, again like, I always speak to my boyfriend about it and say like oh did you notice that you know similar things just in everyday life like walking down the street going to the shop um and like Aiden will pick it up sometimes even before me now like and I'm really? like oh that's interesting like that he's now con- consciously see all of these different um, ways women are treated in comparison to men so yeah just having being open about those conversations and not being afraid and not feeling like you're being overdramatic and overreacting because you're not you're not, if you feel a certain way it's because someone's made you feel that way like don't uh, put yourself down or make yourself feel like you can't talk about it because you're worried about how someone's going to react
1: and I think you know sometimes it's, I would never if you know one of my black friends said that they felt that they were subject to racial discrimination, who am I to say, no, that wasn't racist? I I don't, I feel, I don't really get a say to an extent. Mm-hmm. And if that's how they felt, that's valid. I appreciate, you know, sometimes it's not always super clear cut, but it's the same again. If, if in that moment I'd said to him, that conversation made me feel this way. And he'd said, you know, no, it didn't that's not fair i'd have wanted to be like how do you know you don't get you you know you don't get to have not an opinion but you don't get to invalidate that Mm. because you've probably not experienced it or not experienced it as often it is good that you have those people in the workplace like yeah
0: because i don't think i've ever experienced that from the jobs that i was doing before when i was surrounded by people like because now i'm self-employed i don't really like see people on a daily basis i'm just sat on my own but when i did have somewhere where I worked before I started my career I guess it was always I always experienced some sort of problem whether that was like small or big on whatever scale like there still was definitely gender discrimination in the workplace and I really hope that with those conversations and people who end up being more like-minded and listening to you it can sort of make a change long term
1: yeah and I think I think a lot's changed in a really short period of time Mm -hmm. I think you know in a couple of years probably things Mm -hmm. have completely changed and I think we're learning every day Mm -hmm. and we we are you know getting better as a society on all things inclusion but the more we talk about it the better and I think I said in my message you know we have some incredible women that are you know absolutely leading the way you know the Karen Brady's of the world that managed a football team at the age of 23 that's amazing and people like grace beverly and but they feel sometimes unattainable Mm -hmm. and it feels like that's really brilliant Mm -hmm. but what about you know the rest of us that aren't Mm -hmm. ceos or you know owning a company and i think so yes they have to absolutely carry on doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. but it's on you know people like myself like you like my friends that are more I say normal everyday people yeah, yeah. that's that's important too because yeah. I don't listen to Karen Brady on a podcast and think she's right I can absolutely do it because I think I'm 26 I've never managed a football team so that's me you know yeah for sure like
0: even you saying about Grace like I absolutely love her and I think she's great at always acknowledging that she is in a privileged position yeah. and yeah I just think I I do think she's a great person but I sometimes always feel like well she has had a head start and like I've come from a working class background and although I have loads of other privileges like I'm white and able-bodied like that working class like part of me can't get to that same level at the same age and it sort of puts me in a bit of a spiral and yeah, and it, it does make me feel a bit shit, and I, I think that is important to note that there are people out there that can make you feel that way, like, bad about yourself. Like I guess it's sort of a sidetrack a bit to the gender stuff, but it can, yeah. although they can bring a lot of positivity i guess to the movement in the sense that like there are amazing successful women to look look up towards it sometimes isn't always attainable yeah Yeah. basically reiterate what you said yeah (laughs) um i'm gonna do the polls i put on my story yesterday first poll i put up on the instagram go follow it by the way if you want to get involved in like future episodes and actually before we go into it these also can be biased because it's my audience do you know what i mean there's gonna yeah. be more women yeah there's gonna be more people that like relate young to me women. Yeah, yeah exactly so you have to always bear that in mind this is yeah. not like proper this st- like good statistic you know? <laughs> so i've put have you ever experienced gender bias at work what do you think the percentage percentages it are for yes absolutely i think so or never
1: i'd be very surprised if absolutely wasn't the highest, mm-hmm. um, I reckon maybe like 60, 30, 10.
0: Okay, so the yes absolutely was the highest. I, I was expecting that too 77%, okay, which is wow. quite nuts. Um, and then I think so is 18%, and never is five. No surprise there. um And then next, I put a little box up saying if you have experienced it, what was it? DM if it doesn't fit. um And we've got told to work with men who had a history of assaulting women without. A male member of staff. Quite, a, I think that's quite a severe situation yeah. compared to what we've both experienced yeah. and spoken about so far. That's absolutely wild that nothing's been put yeah. into place to fire them for one, if yeah. they if they know that they've been assaulting people,
1: and um, just prevent it happening in the future. That's such a shame.
0: Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, we've got another one here that saying that says always asking for a strong man if something physical needs to be done. So I feel like that's like a classic old, yeah, sort of approach I guess like only men are strong apparently responding to a job on a ward at a hospital and being uh, being told by a male nurse I asked for the on-call doctor not you to which I replied I am the on-call doctor that is bad (laughs)
1: that is bad actually that reminds me early this year I did a presentation at work um, and it was myself and a male doing the presentation and we did it We pretended we were in the scene of a hospital because we were sort of drawing links on COVID and everything that's happened in the last couple of years. And so we were both doctors and we went upstairs after the presentation and just chatting to some of our friends. And one of the guys said, oh, was he the doctor and were you the nurse? And I went, what, why? Why would I be the nurse and he be the doctor? And I said, why have you just assumed that i would be the nurse he'd be the doctor why couldn't you know males can be nurses as well it goes both ways it wasn't just like oh females can't be doctors it's also you know gender bias does go the other way sometimes i i absolutely acknowledge that that you know why are you assuming a male can't be a nurse and then that's happened in basically real life Mm -hmm. for this poor girl just shocking it's shock. awful. I wonder what the reaction was
0: from the person who said that. Like, I, I wonder know. if they were. I bet they were defensive because the way that they approach the situation sounds really like, "Why are you here? Like, yeah. I didn't ask for you." Like, so I feel like they'd be like, "Well, well," you know yeah. what I mean? Like, start trying to yeah. defend themselves rather than apologising. Yeah, That's sort of vibe I would get from that conversation. Yeah, thing. for
1: sure. <laughs> I think it's well, after that. Com- thinking of that, sometimes you have to check yourself as well, and I have to check myself. If you said here's a whiteboard and a whiteboard pen draw a doctor and draw a nurse
0: mm-hmm.
1: would I draw the nurse as female I probably would yeah I probably would and would I draw the doctor as male probably mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know
0: that's even from kids though I think like you know when we're you're playing as kids or even in, like reception like year one yeah. you're getting told to draw a nurse yeah. or something and there's pictures of yeah, the cards. women there's, yeah, like, yeah.
1: I what's think, this
0: yeah. yeah so it's even coming just from like literally when you're born like the gender bias (laughs) starts.
1: yeah and then it goes all through
0: school yeah even the whole oh she's gonna be so pretty she's gonna break loads of hearts or whatever it is and things like that
1: one of your previous podcast episodes was talking about the gender bias at school as well Mm -hmm. about pshe and sex education and things like that and i think those things that i mean they're important in loads of other ways obviously around sort of um, education around sex and what have you But also they embed gender biases as well Mm -hmm. Um, and things like, I don't know whether you did at your school, but when we learned about periods, the boys were in one classroom and the girls were in another Mm -hmm. and that is just wrong. I don't know whether that's still the case as well, but the boys should be there to learn about Mm -hmm. what a girl, you know, will experience every month Mm -hmm. because... You know, a lot of them may well be in a relationship with a girl and they need to uh, sort of understand what that means. And if at some point in their life they have children, understand, you know, how how a period is so important in having children and things Mm -hmm. like that. And that it's not just, oh, once a month girls are really moody and things like that
0: it's quite worrying actually like that there are so many men out there that still have no education on it no and it's there which makes them less empathetic towards I guess women during that time and like not understanding the science behind it and I I remember the exact same thing happened to me like we, it was women just being taught about periods and pregnancy and I think the guys were getting told about sex and putting a condom on in the other room and it's like yeah. what the fuck like
1: this yeah. is so
0: fucked up like why aren't we all learning about everything in the same room like it's yeah. so bizarre
1: yeah I think we learned, we had the same sexual education, girls and boys in different rooms. And I think, I could have dreamt this, I think we as girls were taught how to put a condom on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's great. But And probably the boys were. But at the same time, I'm also like, the boys should be learning this, Yeah, right? <laughs> and, I'm not putting it on. <laughs> or at least let's do it together, like not together, you know, because yeah, I appreciate yeah. we're in school. But let's all be, if it's an... A task that you're expecting both classrooms to do and at some point there will be two parties you know there doing it in real life do it together and it's such I just think you can have such healthier conversations around mm-hmm. sex and periods and all sorts of stuff and that would just I mean we're sort of getting away from the gender thing but mm-hmm. I guess my message is those really subtle things that we're probably doing for or schools were doing for the right reasons at the time I think we still are dealing with these yeah. sort of outputs of that now yeah. in ways that we don't even realize yeah there was
0: some sort of impact in another way that was bad i guess we can't they, like everyone can't do everything right the first time yeah. but na- now acknowledging that that is bad and hopefully it's way better yeah I've now i hope it. so i hope so we'll have to investigate actually i'm gonna message some of my because i've got a couple of family members that work in um primary schools yeah and it would be very interesting to hear their thoughts on like how that has changed or if it has and if they feel like there's still needs to be improvement and then the final question box I've got is have you ever avoided a career path or worried about a new workplace because it was heavily male dominated um and there's just like loads of yeses basically um more specific answers we've got yes deciding what subject to take my pgc in purposely chose maths to beat this
1: love that
0: woohoo that's positive trauma and orthopedic surgery slash surgery in general as a doctor
1: yeah
0: yeah i do think that the medical industry is definitely one like we was just saying even just from the doctor and nurse and assuming yeah. one's male and one's female i think that is something that I, I see quite a lot like right so before we sort of like go into the outro how do you feel that we could overcome these struggles like i mean we can reiterate what we've t- talked about in terms of like discussing it more openly and calling people out when they say stuff But yeah, what do you think we could do moving forward with this?
1: So I think there's a couple of things. I think firstly, there's a huge, huge responsibility on companies as a whole. Um, Yes, you know, men need to play their part. Women need to play, you know, be allies and what have you. But I think you get real, real change. From the top, there is fundamental, Mm -hmm. um, you know, change. And that's where you see a difference. Things like it's not something I could speak confidently on because I'm you know not super knowledgeable but paternity and maternity leave reviewing those sorts of policies ensuring that not only if you equalize paternity leave or shared parental leave is that beneficial for the father who might want to spend time with their kids you know it also enables the mother maybe to return to work quicker not have as long off um and so I think things like that make a huge difference I also think, you know, as we spoke about the job adverts, that sits on the shoulders of the company, the measuring gender pay gap sits on the shoulders of the company. I was listening to a, it was one of Grace Beverly's podcasts actually, and it was just after COVID and they were talking about um, hybrid working mm-hmm. and how actually there is a risk that with hybrid working whilst in some ways it might be beneficial to the to you know women or parents that want to be at home a bit more and more mm-hmm. and you know around their children there is a risk that generally and generally men are more excited to go back into the office or are able to go back into the office and so are then more visibly there in the office so when there's a promotion opportunity they're thinking about oh okay so who's who's been working really hard and stuff like that and you know front of mind is the people you've seen you know a lot over the last year or so I don't know the answer to it because you can't really put a maximum on how often someone can go into the office because you know they might need to go for mental health reasons and all sorts but I think companies just need to think about what can we do to ensure that there's equal opportunity. Yeah, I just think if corporate companies absolutely like change and review their policies and not all of them, some will be absolutely brilliant. And um, then I think that makes the biggest change from a female perspective. I think just allyship. A friend of mine, she was telling me that females are really good allies until the more successful they get, the less they're likely to support other women. Mm. And it sort of becomes this, like, competition at the top. Um, and I think that's another just impact, at, like, I guess, an output, and effect of gender bias yeah. elsewhere. But I think, as well as women, we've got a lot to do on, you know, ensuring that we are supportive of other females mm-hmm. as well. And I'm sure there are times that I have been less supportive to another female because I feel a sense of competition. I don't, yeah. you know that will have happened Mm -hmm. and so it goes back to what we said earlier about just checking yourself and thinking am I being the best most inclusive version of myself Mm -hmm. um and then yeah men just being supportive Mm -hmm. as well I think they're they're the three things and it sort of covers all bases corporate companies and leadership females being allies and males being allies yeah no I feel like that's really encompassed like
0: exactly what needs to be done and like if you are not in a position where you can like massively change something just speaking up openly about it and I know for myself when I was younger I would be too scared or laugh things off but now I feel like way more comfortable just having that knowledge knowing what's going on it makes me more passionate to speak up so even yeah if you've listened to this podcast and you feel a bit more inspired or more confident to speak up I hope that that is the case and that that can make you yeah feel like you can speak to your male colleagues and yeah be like you what you're saying is wrong or what someone else did is wrong and just having those conversations a bit more openly could help
1: yeah for sure and i think if i had one not bit of advice but one thing that i would want you know any listeners today or any females to take away is absolutely calling out behaviors is a great thing to do i mean at work i am referred to as you know the young woke girl and you know, originally I was a bit like, oh, they're calling me this, they're calling me that. And, you know, when I went to that panel event, when I've been coming on this podcast and when I wrote the article, it, there was sort of an eye roll of, oh, here she goes again. But actually, I'm really proud to have that reputation. I'm really proud to be young and woke. Like, that is a good <laughs> word to be and hopefully knowledgeable and willing to empower people. Mm-hmm. So don't be off foot by people you know rolling their eyes at you talking about something important because that's incredible and that's something you should be proud to do yeah no i really rate that as well i think yeah when
0: people start going oh like here she goes again or whatever like oh, i've had this exact same yeah way i've been talking I like, have. yeah here, here i do go because <laughs> i've been silenced my whole life Do you, yeah. know you mean like yeah. it's it is a good thing and i think that's what we just have we just have to take power in it rather than seeing it as a negative thing which i always do because i'm so sensitive so i instantly instantly <laughs> yeah. go into like self-deprecation mode i'm like oh yeah i'm the worst person in the world like they hate me now but like no it's actually that this is the year of like owning that yeah owning your voice and not feeling like you have to be silenced and letting other people tell you what you are and what you're not and like sticking to what you believe in and not feeling any shame
1: for sure and i think it's something you have to practice a bit like you have to practice you know self-love and body positivity you also have to practice calling things out that maybe you know feels uncomfortable but the more you do it the more you you know learn more helpful ways to do it maybe yeah. and the easier it becomes as yeah. Well. yeah and now you know I love it I'll hear a conversation behind me at the office and I'm like pardon what did you, <laughs> what did you just say and I love it and yeah. yeah but I I wasn't like that two years ago and so I, you know, mm-hmm. it's important Things that confidence grows.
0: Yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming on and everything. By the way, I think what you've said That's is so
1: incredible, and I feel I'm like it's it.
0: going to really inspire a lot of women and hopefully other people um, to like make a change or at least even like know some more details about it. Maybe even research and look into their own companies and see yeah. what they can do themselves. But yeah, before we go, I've got the question from the previous oh. guest. So we've got this is completely unrelated to the episode, which I like. So how do you cope? during the colder months like if you get seasonal depression or even if um, yeah you just feel a bit shitter when it gets dark earlier like is there anything that you're you do or that you would like to do maybe to prioritize your like maybe mental well-being during
1: yeah winter um so one of my new year's objectives this year actually is just to have more downtime Mm -hmm. um and sort of going against this podcast i'm having a year off hustle hustle culture and just having a year of like enjoying life walks watching films in the evening and um I'm lucky I don't experience um I guess changes in my mood and happiness with the different seasons so acknowledge that I'm lucky with that but I love a Christmas film
0: Mm
1: -hmm. nice glass of red wine nice dinner sit down um so I think that would be it for me but also you know try and have that time at the weekend where I can go for a walk even just like I know it's a cliche but romanticizing your life take yourself for a coffee Mm -hmm. like today I said I took myself out for lunch I Mm -hmm. took myself to Sky Garden in London because I had the time and why not so I think you know for anyone who does struggle in the winter months what is something that you'd see in a film that you think oh that's so so romantic I love that do that for yourself
0: yeah slowing down I think that's also in mine like everyone's like talking about slow life or like yeah doing more peaceful things things where you're not rushing about and being busy and having like a crazy schedule and I'm someone who definitely does that like I feel like I do thrive off like being busy but sometimes that just is not healthy long term and then I end up being burnt out and yeah everything will just like plummet like my mental health like my work my productivity and everything so yeah yeah, making sure that I'm doing more slow things that I enjoy like I love scrapbooking so that's something for me that I like doing in the evenings um, so yeah, I'm trying to force myself to... Because yeah. as soon as I start, I'm like, oh, this is lovely, why don't I do this every yeah. night? Stuck it's, in a hole, like, I want to keep going. Yeah, exactly. So rather than having my laptop up all evening until I literally go to sleep, like, yeah. I think it's better for me to just scrapbook instead. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: nice. I like that. Hobby. Do you have a question for an artist? I obsessed? do. And I'm so glad I'm not answering my own question because <laughs> I would not want to answer this. So my question is, if... think of two ways that your friends or your family would describe you which of those ways is something that you'd maybe feel really proud of and you'd is a descriptor of you that you're you know you love about yourself but also maybe a way that your friends and family would describe you that you're less proud of and something that you'd like to work on moving forward
0: very very good question i love that i'm very excited to hear their answer me. Yeah, really? i'm like oh <laughs> like a bad quality because like a lot of your friends and family just say nice things don't they but exactly. you know that there would be something about yourself whether it's something small like you're messy or something or yeah and, and you're also, not a good timekeeper you know yeah. and that's like pisses you people off because uh, yeah. yeah and it
1: might still be a really good quality but something that you want to exhibit more often or yeah something you want to you know you might be like Really energetic, but mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to, like, yeah. I don't know, that's probably fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, oh, we'll see what yeah, they we'll say. See. Is there anything you want to shout out or anything? Not specifically, to be honest, just I guess what I said earlier you know, if you are female or you know, in any underrepresented group or male and you just feel like you have anything to say on this topic, then do so because the more of us that are you know passing our thoughts about it mm-hmm. reading networks on linkedin on instagram then yeah that's you doing your bit so okay. that's all amazing thank you so much that's again right. for having this I've conversation
0: yeah i'm glad um, and if you are listening please go and let us know what you think over on the instagram see you next week for a brand new episode bye, bye.